Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 1130 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. And we are talking again about the rally that starts in probably less than an hour, the rally and tally, the stop, uh, the black attack rally. And I have with me again this morning, Stephanie Dukes, my friend. Good morning. How are you, ma'am? Good morning, Lady G. We're doing wonderful to, today. Another bright day and learning how to make life a little better for everyone around us. And hello to your listening audience. Amen. I'm always about making things better. You know, you may may not make it perfect. We got to get get those perfectionists to understand. You may not make it perfect, but you can make it better. Mm-hmm. So we got to we do what we can. So. So today we have joining us uh, two ladies that are uh, doing their part to get people to be aware uh, of their rights and privileges and, and, and how to go about um, making other people aware that, you know, we're not just going to sit idly by and let things just happen to us. So um, we have with us today Senator Rosalind Osgood and Florida President of the League of Women Voters, uh, Cecile Good morning, ladies. Are you there? Good morning. I'm here, Cecile Schoon. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Good morning. How are you doing? I am well. I'm very um, pleased to be on your show and looking forward to the conversation. Now, one thing you all need to know about Attorney Schoon is that she is the first black president of the Florida League of Women Voters. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. So, <laughs> and tell I me, hope how I live you, up to it. Oh, you you are you already doing wonderful things. I hear wonderful things about your work. But tell me, what drew you in? How did you get involved with the League of Women Voters? And how did you get further involved in terms of being called to office? Okay. Well, in my day job, I'm a civil rights lawyer. So, on the employment side, plaintiff, so the seven protected classes, and I file lawsuits against rather large corporations and sometimes the government if they're at fault. I really admire organizations that try to negotiate, try to talk, but at the end of the day, if there is a violation of a significant right, they take it to court. And the league was busy doing that on a lot of issues, and I thought, I really need to get more involved with this group because they are practicing mind theories of 
try to enforce the laws and you do everything you can to negotiate, try to resolve it without litigation. But when it comes right down to it, you cannot treat my people this way. And we take it to court. So those are the reasons that drew me to the league. And um, as I got more involved, I really love the way the league structure, we get our directions from our members at conventions every two years. So even though you have uh, presidents and a board of directors, the guidance, the fundamental, we want you to work on this. It's a grassroots organization, and I really love that. So what is the take from the League of Women Voters with regards to the um, ban on the African-American um, AP studies, African-American studies AP course? Um, and what, what things are they trying to encourage uh, the community to do? Well, you have to look at that statement in light of basically several years of direct attack on the voting rights and the rights of African Americans. And you have to just weigh it in that series of events. Starting one of the most significant is um, insisting and forcing the hands of the legislators to take the governor's redistricting maps, uh, which caused a lot of harm to the votes of African Americans and violated our Florida Constitution, straight up. Our Florida Constitution, Fair District, it literally says, once a minority by race or language establishes that they can select a representative of their choice from a certain area, which was well established in North Florida, that's where Congressman Lawson was and several others. So once that's established, you cannot do anything. You, the legislators, cannot draw any lines to diminish that power. And we had four minority African-American representatives and the map that the governor insisted that the legislator take up, which they finally did in the end, went from four to two. So it broke the law. It harmed African-Americans. It harmed our power and our ability to select a representative of our choosing that meets our needs, which is guaranteed to us by the Florida Constitution. So take those two things together, and it's like, you know, it's it's on its face. So it it seems like you all – haven't gotten a break because you had the um you we just had the election we just had an election this seems like uh an election uh a platform ploy and i mean what are your what are your thoughts about that i mean because it just doesn't it seems like it's kind of out of the blue and he and our governor has kind of taken it and, and kind of manipulated the issue for his future political um, opportunities. What are your thoughts? It's difficult to get in the mind of anybody, but you have to, uh, you know, accept that he is well-educated. He knows uh, more or less what he's trying to do. And 
there's always a balance for any politician to play to their base. And when you play too much to your base, if they're very far left or very far right, you're going to lose the middle. And so he may think that he is making headway to his base, and even those across the nation that may agree with some of his statements and tactics, but there's a large body of people in the middle that are finding his anti-woke, anti-gay, anti-books, you know, limitations on books, frighteningly like some of the behaviors that we saw before World War One and World War Two, when groups of people were mistreated and their professors and their books were not allowed, they were burned. And we know what ended up happening as a consequence of, of that kind of behavior, and it's raising a lot of bells and a lot of alarms. Senator Osgood, Senator Rosman Osgood, I understand you are on. Good morning. Welcome. Good morning to you, and good morning also to uh, President Cecile Schoon. It's great to be on with you guys this morning. Thank you for taking the time out. So, Senator, I want to get, I guess, a perspective in terms of, uh, like, I had my friend, uh, State Representative Bruce Antone, on yesterday. Um, and I know he has some concerns. A rally such as this, does it help or hurt any efforts to kind of overturn efforts by Governor DeSantis to uh, ban the AP study course? And my concern, as I mentioned yesterday, is if this is taken away, then I, I have concerns about it, it being a catalyst for taking away African-American studies in um, elementary and secondary schools here in the state of Florida. Can you talk a little bit about that? Certainly. So first let me be very clear. Anytime you have a group of people coming together who feel like the government is operating in a way that's advantageous to the dream of the country of it being a place of life, liberty, and justice for all, it is certainly appropriate and it is certainly needed. Across our nation, we need to have a larger presence of community at state capitals. It can't just be mm-hmm. the members of the House or the members of the Senate. People that make policy need to look at the faces of those that we're oftentimes making policy for. I have been in discussion with Mr. Manny Diaz, the Commissioner of Education, and he has assured me that this is not an attempt to ban this course, that they are and they will continue to work with college boards through what they see as issues in the course as it relates to segments of the course that talks about uh, the queers, uh, that talks about specific gender-related stuff related to the feminist movement, and about three other things that they identified. And what they're basing their argument on is AC7 or the Stop Woke Act that they put into law a couple of sessions ago. And they use the word woke to mean like wrong for our children and employees. And we know as people of color, we, we're woke because we understand 
and we're paying attention and standing against the racial injustices. So if we're going to operate as policymakers, it's very critical that we take the time to value the lived experience of the people in our state and understand their language and what's appropriate and what's inappropriate. And today at 1230, there will be a rally, a gathering of black people and people that are concerned about this issue to let them know that we are watching and we are concerned. Um, I did a Zoom last night with students because nobody pays attention to young people. When we have these kinds of things that are going to impact them, we must mm-hmm. have them in, included in the conversation. And they spoke very eloquently in their truth about the need to know and understand their history and how they feel like even in the regular courses, history is being watered down because oftentimes history classes start with slavery. And we know as black people, our lived experience was certainly happening before slavery. As a matter of fact, the reason why we were targeted for slavery was not just because we were strong and we could work physically, but because mm-hmm. we had demonstrated the intellectual and cognitive capacity to build a civilization. We had the mind and the brains to do it because we had already done it when we were making pyramids before algebra and geometry was ever coined as a term. Black people was doing that. And I think it's important that black kids know their history. This curriculum also includes the Haitian Revolution, which was probably one of the most successful revolutions that's oftentimes not taught because it's one of the mm-hmm. first strongest places where slavery was involved again. So what we think we're standing at this critical time, and we need to continue to speak up, exercise our freedoms and liberties about our feelings, about this particular course that had already been being piloted. That's the other thing. This course was happening in about 39 places across the nation. It's now that they want to extend it to more high schools that they're getting this pushback and they're being asked to change certain parts of the curriculum because it doesn't pass the test with the Stop Walk Act in the part that says nothing should be taught to a student or employee that makes someone of another race feel guilty, anguished, or any psychological distresses as a result of something that they're being blamed for that happened in the past. Well, any of us know that if something is giving me psychological distress to that extent, I probably need to seek mental health professionals to help me with that situation. In my conversation with Mr. Diaz, what I said to him is I remember being in school and being taught that George Washington discovered America, that he chopped down the cherry tree and never told a lie. Well, people were in America before George Washington. We all lie sometimes. That caused me stress and anguish, but I couldn't take it and put it into policy because I had no data to support it. So all of these books that are being said to make people feel some kind of way, there's been no data to prove that. There's no proof that anybody feels anyway. And finally, when we think about an educational setting, I'm a graduate of New Orleans Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. I am a Christian, but in seminary, I learned Islam. I learned Judaism. I was exposed Mm -hmm. to all the other religions as a component of comparative religion. 
that's what you do in educational settings. You build cognitive capacity by exposing and talking and conversing about things that are different, things that are challenging, things that might even make you feel uncomfortable. So we can't begin to minimize the educational experience based on the fact that something is too black. And that's where it, it causes a problem. And I'm not the attorney. Uh, attorney school is on the line. But I'm not even sure how we're getting away with this HB7 because it clearly causes a hardship for one race more so than the other race. Uh, you know, I don't understand about, you know, we've got to get around uh, sugarcoating stuff, you know, and having people wear rose-colored glasses because, just because they don't like the the view um, from uh, way back and, the, you know, in the, wanting to say, well, come on, honey, you don't have to worry about that. It's not your fault or whatever. Whether it's not your fault, you still need to know about it. We learn about slavery. Slavery doesn't necessarily make me feel good as a descendant of slaves. So, but, but it's okay for me to feel bad, you know, as long as somebody else doesn't. I, I just don't get it. I also have, I have had a problem <laughs> long before we started talking about woke culture in terms of the, you know, it's a grammatic thing for me, um, grammatical thing for me. The use of woke, awake, awaken, all that kind of stuff, a lot of the forms of the word haven't been used properly anyway. And then to take this derivation of the word awake or whatever, woke, and make it negative, no, they don't want you to be woke because they want you to just follow, they, you know, just do as I say and don't dig and find out more information that could make put me or someone that I care about in a bad light, you know. There's, I, there's frankly, in my opinion, there's nothing wrong with being woke. It's what you do once you are woke, you know, that matters. So, yeah, and I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. You know, to spin on words is what we're doing now in this political climate. Notice is stop woke. You know, stop what's wrong for our kids and employees. Well, by whose definition? In AP courses in school, you know, I just came off of almost 10 years of being on the school board. It's not only African-American students that take those courses. We have other courses that deal with, uh, Chinese history, uh, the, mm-hmm. the Holocaust history. So all of these things are taking place. And there are AP classes. There are um, American history classes being taught in schools in Florida. I want to be clear about that. But this yeah. course is the next level. This course can be very empowering and life-changing. I remember when I took um, African-American studies at Florida A&M with Professor Eton. At the end of that semester, I was even more prouder to be a black person. It was that course where I understood the strong pedigree and legacy of brilliant black people that I came from, that we were overcomers, that we were not victims, how we had broken down all the silos and all the things that were intended to hold us back. We were able to overcome those things, invent, become entrepreneurs and leaders. So. These types of classes are very inspiring to our kids, 
it kind of pushes them outside of the box when they understand their history. You're supposed to be a leader. You're supposed to be leading in government. You're supposed to own your own business. You're supposed to be a millionaire. Those are all the different things that you see. And then for this course to, to include issues around gender, most histories are told, whether it's white or black, and it's the gender piece is downplayed. When I think about black women who was put on boats in the Middle Passage and separated and raped and, and made to have sex as a, the victims of human trafficking through the slavery trade, and then they would be thrown out places and have no, you know, maternal care and end up, you know, having a baby six or seven months later while they still had to work. Their voices have been silent in history. And this curriculum begins to speak to some of the gender-specific issues of how we got the feminist movement and the womanist movement because we know living as black people in America, it is a different lived experience. And we have to have the freedom of telling our own stories and having people appreciate it and not try to devalue it or dehumanize us like we don't have the same rights. So... Are you are you attending the rally today? So I am attending the rally, and I am very fortunate to be also clergy. I will be praying to kick off the rally because as people of faith, you know, that's a strong part of our culture, too. I think we're in mm-hmm. a moment in time politically that we have to continue to tap into our power base of our faith. And we have to make sure that every time we show up that we include that. So I'm going to be kicking off the rally with prayer. I'm looking forward to the gathering and how we move forward from it. I'm also going to be suggesting that many of the clergy, the leaders that attend the rally, that they reach out to make appointments to see the commissioner of education, to see the governor. You know, we need to talk to policymakers that are making these policies. They need to understand our lived experience and our perspective. And we need to make them face up so that they can look in our eyes, they can feel our hurt, our pain, of what it feels like to constantly be rejected, to constantly be targeted and dehumanized. They need to understand it in an up-close, personal way. Correction? Yes. Hi, this is Stephanie Duke. Uh, I wanted to make a couple of comments about the two speakers today. One of the most important things I think that I I heard President Cecilia say was first was that we must understand how this, where this all really began, the diluting of the vote is what I called it when we looked at the congressional map and how even with the redistricting, that as African-Americans yesterday showed you, we talked about how the accountability of we hold our lawmakers at the ballot box and the redistricting as long as congressional as well as our state houses, house and the Senate, that we look at the African-American vote the way it has been diluted for accountability. And I think it is very important that the other part, like the rally today, brings into play. We do not only must participate at the ballot box, but at events 
where we then take laws that have been made and show how they are being implemented and that we will hold you accountable on that implementation of it, such as with the, de- the Department of Education, uh, reaching out to them and saying, no, we don't like the way this law is, number one, and two, the way you're using it to interpret it, to teach the AP classes. And also when we talked about today being a day of action, how are we going to act upon what's going on, that we show our visibility in reacting positively to a negative reaction on their part and that we will do the letter writing, we will show up in public, and we will hold you accountable with the fact that you think you have taken away a vote. We will hold you accountable not only on the voting but also the implementation of it. So I think that is very critical and hats off to Senator Osgood who um, who talked about with the youth how we have had the conversation with how do we participate? How does do we participate at every facet of the political process from the making of the laws to the implementation of them? We are going to take a quick break. We are here with Florida President of the League of Women Voters, Cecile Schoon, and Senator Rosalind Osgood, and my friend Stephanie Dukes. If you have questions, comments, the number is 516-387-1944. G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. Does it appear the long arm of the law is working against you instead of for you? Whom do you call when the boys in blue are pursuing you? When the wrong person behind bars may end up being you? With over 40 years combined legal expertise, Anderson and Welch bring to bear a smart, sound, sensible defense of those caught in what may be the unrelenting grip of the legal system. Turn to Anderson and Welch first to get ahead of trouble, not fall into it, by calling 561-832-3386. That's 561-832-3386. That's Anderson and Welch Law Firm online at andersonandwelch.com. Good morning. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We are blessed to have with us us, Cecile Schoon, who is the president of the Florida League of Women Voters here, and Senator Rosalind Osgood. And if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. So my question is, Always, and I'm here. My friend Stephanie Dukes. I don't want to forget her. Thank you, Stephanie, for for hanging out today. Um, I my question always is, you know, we have these days of awareness. We have these events to generate awareness, and it, they kind of are in some cases one and done situations. I want to know what do either of you think the impact of this rally should be? Where do we go from here? And um, other than just the officials, the legislators, you know, people in in certain positions, how does the community in general uh, cause action, cause change? 
Either well, one of you can take uh, it. One, okay, this is Cecile Schoon with the League. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we really believe in is citizen engagement. That's a big part of our mission. Just yesterday we had a community conversation in Sarasota where about 400 people were impacted. They either attended uh, in person or digitally on Facebook. And we wanted to present different perspectives on public education. So we plan to go forward and have discussions about all kinds of things that are being proposed in education, um, from the takeover, proposed takeover of new college and trying to change their whole curriculum to the AP ban of African-American history. All of these things are happening in education. And so the league has uh, history and plans to get down into the community across the state in different places and have these conversations so that citizens can hear different sides of it. And we include um, perspectives that we don't agree with, but let the best idea win. We're not afraid to have open debate, civil debate, on many of these very important topics. And by doing that, we can educate the citizens, give them an opportunity to ask questions, and then vote and write the letters as you were saying. Once they're informed, they are better prepared to engage and protect their own interests. Yeah, and I agree with I agree with Attorney Schoon. Education has to be the starting place. A lot of what goes on in state government and how the legislator actually works, overall very few people know and understand it. So I think education certainly has to be the first step to make people aware. You know, there's this whole move right now to politicize education, not only with taking over the college that attorney school mentioned, but also wanting bills being filed to have school board members run in a partisan way. School boards are nonpartisan. Why would we want to make them partisan? Um, Another bill to, again, change the term limit of school board members. So you go from not having term limits to 12, now it's being recommended to eight. So there's a whole attack on the school system and if we know our history, we know this is what happened many years ago when the schools had to be integrated. So we have to pay attention and educate the community on public policy around education, health, and housing. Those are three things that really impact our community in a great way. And as we educate the community, then we have to figure out what is the best strategy. We have experts in different lanes. So all the experts need to begin to work together and talk together so that we can figure out the strategy that's going to make us most effective. I'm also the CEO of a community-based organization, and I know that's a faith-based organization. And I know with a lot of the faith community, a lot of the information that they need, they're not going to allow someone outside to come in to give that information. So how do we get that information to a trusted messenger in that community that can share the information so that it actually reaches the people? And it can't just be a one and done today. There's, this is so much work that we're going to have to stay engaged. As a legislator, I'm trying to figure out 
how do I make my community aware of what's happening in committee meetings while it's happening? Certainly, I can do a, a legislative update at the end of the week, but they need to understand that committee weeks are happening now, that when they come in March, a lot of decisions are already made. They need to understand how the actual process of making a bill, that we have to file bills in the Senate by this Friday. They need to understand all of those things so that we stop reacting and we start leading some of these initiatives. And then finally, what I think is most critically important for us to communicate to our community, once an election takes place, it doesn't matter what your political party is, that individual that wins through the voting process has an obligation to be responsive to you and must be held accountable. Everyone should be reaching out to the governor's office. Everyone should be reaching out to the Commissioner of Education. You don't have to stay in your lane because you're of a different party or you have no party affiliation. When it comes to our kids, they are our most prized possession. They are all a blessing from God. And if we don't stand up for them and advocate and fight for their freedoms and their liberties, then shame on us. And that's a part of our history. When we look at while we have the opportunities that we have today as four brilliant African-American women, it's because our forefathers and ancestors, they got the whole thing of being accountable to make the world a better place for us. I would have never imagined at, you know, 58 that I'm still fighting this fight. I don't want my 8-year-old yeah. granddaughter to have to still fight this fight. So that's why I show up every day because I have a moral obligation to do so. But we have to talk to these people. We have to make, we can no longer allow them to ignore us and only recognize us with their pen when they're putting things egregiously into public policy. One of the things that you mentioned, and I'm glad you said it, was that you can come with different opinions. You don't have to agree on everything, but you know you can make a way toward a solution. Uh, together, even with disagreeing, and, and you, but the, I think part of the issue, and I think January sixth, the insurrection is, was a great example of people not knowing how to disagree and and, and work together. You know, I, and I, so I and I fear that, and I'm hoping that uh, we won't have that type of situation happen anymore and I'm hoping that today what happens today and I don't know how many people will show up or who will show up and if people who are um, against the rally will show up or whatever but that people will understand that there's various sides um, various perspectives to a situation and will be able to uh, bring you know attention to these situations and learn how to properly disagree without uh, causing violence or, or, you know, anything negative. Um, Do you have any concerns about the the outcome of the rally? I do a little bit. I'm going to go back to something where you talked about understanding the differences. A lot of these departments in the state does not have proper representation. That's the first thing. When we're hiring mm-hmm. staff and we're choosing people to work in these departments, it's very important that it's a diverse staff. 
because that's how you get the different perspective before you start putting things in the media. We are very close at any moment of having something harmful happen in our state capital because we have people that are angry and mad, rightfully so, and we have people who refuse to listen or try to even understand. And then we have leaders who are loose with their pen and with their tongue. I don't think that Trump could have played out in his mind that as many people would die and as much harm as happened on January 6th would happen. But when you are, you are a leader, you have to be careful what you say and what you write because there can be a reaction that can be beyond anything you could ever imagine and people get hurt and people get, you know, divided and it continues this racial tension. There has to be at some point, conversations about how do we make this work, make this peace, liberty, and justice for all. Not we're going to do this and we're not going to allow you to do that. This whole power struggle, struggle doesn't work in government. It doesn't work in equality. It doesn't work in equity. It has to be the government for the people and by the people. If I'm telling mm-hmm. you as a black person, this hurts me and it offends me, then as my brother or sister, no matter what your ethnicity or race is, you got to check yourself. But that's what we don't want to do, and that's why we have these problems. We're not going to always agree. We have different mm-hmm. differences. But I can't put things into policy that directly targets a specific group to demean them, to disrespect them, to dehumanize them, and to say that, any African-American course, of, of course, on African-American studies, like educational value, that is so insulting, mm. so disrespectful, because we know that all history has reflective value. It gives us our empirical evidence to support best practices that we can continue, and it also gives us our painful lessons learned that we should never repeat. So... We just have to be really careful as leaders what we're saying and what we're writing. Gretchen, I have a question. Yes. Go ahead, Seth. This is to uh, President Cecilia. Yesterday, Equal Ground gave uh, a link where members and citizens could go out and send letters to the governor as well as to the commissioner of education. Does the League of of Women Voters have a template or something that uh, the citizens can use to send such a letter? That's a great question, and we are in the process of writing up our response and asking for what we call action alerts. So we Mm -hmm. will be sending that out shortly, and we will be very pleased to send that to Senator Osgood and also to your radio station if you would be willing to help disseminate it. We'll share a few talking points and some suggested words that people can always write from their hearts. But it's helpful, and that's part of the job that we do, is we do the research. We actually yeah. read into things. We study other research papers about African-American studies. you got to remember, some of the major institutions had these conversations 
30, 40, 50 years ago. I know mm-hmm. I was a student. I was a student at Harvard University, and they had recently, uh, almost 40 odd years ago, almost 50 years ago, they had a big debate on whether African American history should be taught. Should it be a separate department? And I have mm-hmm. seen um, that debate pass on so many major universities, and pretty much every single one has said yes. African-American history is American history. And when you go to law school, most of the cases that you learn, Plessy versus Ferguson, where a black person was never going to be considered a person, and a board of education where we got the right for to go to school, integrated schools, most of the major cases in our country are about black history and about black people and other marginalized groups fighting hard to try to get the promise of the Constitution of equal treatment to make it a reality. Because when the nation first started, blacks were considered three-fifths of a person and had no vote, and women were considered chattel. They were controlled by their husbands and the men in their lives. So our nation has had a long and very uh, powerful battle with itself to try to live up to its best and highest ideals. And much of that has to do with African-American history and women's history. The number, by the way, if anyone has a question or comment, is 516-387-1944. Senator Osgood, I know you said you had to leave in a few minutes, and so I wanted to find out, in, in addition to the AP studies debate that's going on in the rally today, are there other things that we need to kind of keep an eye on or focus on uh, that you want to share with us? Certainly. I think all eyes need to be on Florida in the legislation that's coming forth this session. Uh, In the House, bills are due on Thursday in the Senate on Friday. And I think after we see the legislation, particularly that's related to education, housing and health, we need to begin to strategize about those things that we would like to see move forward and those things that we would like to see taken out of the legislation. We cannot continue to allow public policy to further take away our rights and put us in positions where we don't have access to services that we're paying for with our tax dollars. The education thing is huge. I mean, it's just one attack after another on education. Also, um, I saw that you wanted to know a question about May 29th being a state holiday. And I have heard some talk about that, but I don't know if anyone is actually filing a bill. I'll try to, you know, get some more research on that today. But this legislative session is going to be very, very critical. And people in Florida need to find ways to budget that they make a trip to Florida during this legislative session. (laughs) I just kind of believe that it's harder for people to hurt us when they have to look in our eyes and they have to feel the pain that is caused by their actions. And thank you guys so much for allowing me in this space today with these three beautiful, brilliant black women. I just so much appreciate it. I am going to shift to get to the press conference now, and I hope that we can be in touch soon. 
Thank definitely. you. You're always welcome back here. We really appreciate it. You go ahead and, and have a blessed day. And, uh, just, you know, if, you, if something comes out of the day and you want to talk about it, uh, you're welcome to give us a call back. The show's on 1130 to 1230, so you have the number anytime. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Uh, we're going to take our final break. We are still here with uh, President of the Florida League of Women Voters, Cecile Schoon, and my friend Stephanie Dukes. This is the Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. This is Douglas Dobbs of Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service. We have served the Central Florida community for 29 years with quality funeral and cremation services. Honoring all religions and faiths, we have been here for many grieving families. Whether it's a complete funeral service with a burial or a simple dignified cremation, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service is here for you. Located at 430 North Kirkman Road at the 408 Expressway, Dobbs Cremation and Funeral Service, 407-578-7720. Dobbs, dedicated to serving our families. Over the past 60 years, Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to beauty, everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you, caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour. I never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us. And we want to, again, thank Senator Rosalind Osgood for joining us today. Um, she is at the rally in Tally, which starts at 1230. And if you um, need information, uh, it's posted on the G's Power Hour Facebook page. I think I've got to check again because it looks like it was posted somewhere different. But we also have with us President of the Florida League of Women Voters, Cecile Schoon, and we have my friend Stephanie Dukes, and the number, if you want to call, is 516-387-1944. President Schoon, now, are you in in Tallahassee today? I'm actually minutes away. There's terrible weather between my town, Bay County, and Tallahassee, Mm -hmm. so I delayed my departure because I had tornado warnings. But I should be there in about five minutes myself. Right. Yeah, I think I heard also from Senator uh, Osgood that uh, she had encountered some some bad weather. So please, please be safe. Do you need to get off so you can be safe on the road? I'm I'm okay. Uh, I'll let okay. you know when that happens. It's I'm slowed okay. down because it's pouring cats and dogs up here. Oh, no. Well, do you have um, any last-minute um, information or, or thoughts that you want to share with us? And I'll let you go ahead and go. Well, I mean, I look at everything literally from a historical perspective. And I think okay. of all the work that lawyers did, the ACLU, the NAACP, our, many of our beloved um, civil rights attorneys, and regular citizens who didn't have law degrees. And we are not about to have those rights and those that those benefits that they risked their lives for and they went to court and fought for for many years. We're going to do everything we can to, again, adhere to the law and um, have our elected officials also follow the law. So even though this is all very concerning, and I've 
had many people tell me they're very depressed of one attack after the other that seems to be targeting um, African-American citizens and many others of uh, citizens of goodwill. Um, we've got to look to what has been done for us in the past and the many benefits that we've all been able to take advantage of and know that we need to continue that work. And part of that is by having rallies, by, by having radio shows where these things are discussed, by um, having uh, letters to the editors, writing to our officials, and all of those things are all a part of the process, and they are all needed. And we welcome everybody's efforts. That would be my parting shot. The League of Women Voters, our website is lwvfl.org. And we have many topics that we focus on, restoration of voting rights for persons who had had felony convictions is one of them, natural resources, education for the public schools and education at, at large, um, women's rights and the woman's right to choose are some of the main topics that we are focusing on. But um, everyone feel free to check out our website and get information. Also love to register voters. So we appreciate this opportunity to uh, bring our viewpoints and bring uh, topics to mind for, that are very, very important for all citizens. We thank you for that opportunity. Well, we thank you for your time, and we thank you for the work that you have been doing. Uh, wish you much success, and you are welcome back to the show anytime. Thank you so much. You thank take care. You. I'll take let you care. go. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. Bye. Gretchen, one of, one yes, of the events that League of Women Voters sponsor every year that, oh, gosh, I remember for years now that I have been able to partake in it and have learned a lot about the legislative process has been their lobby days. And it's a great way for the citizens of Florida to join an organization, to join in with a group, uh, to actually go in and meet with the legislators on the different topics, to sit in on a committee meeting. If you've never been to a committee meeting before, to see how a bill that is filed, how the public input in that part of a bill comes before a committee and how the public hearing is done. Those are great activities, learning experiences that are impactful to get on the record the position, whether you are for or against, a bill to be heard publicly. These They are televised on the Florida channel so that you can actually see them, hear them, if you're not able to travel to Tallahassee. But the League of Women Voters uh, sponsors for their members an outstanding group that is a very, very educational group, experience, very impactful. You come away feeling a part of the process. 
um, to get you, your viewpoint out there. And actually, the members actually help walk you through if you're not, not sure, okay, how do I get up to say something, how to fill out the card to be recognized. And then what it is, you know, how to pay attention to where the clock is in the room for how many minutes you have to speak on an issue. So the League of Women Voters, I just wanted to put that plug in. And there are other groups out there, as you heard Mm -hmm. Senator Osgood talk about, you know, invest in going to Tallahassee. Join an organization or become part of it that go up with a group so you will learn the most impactful way to make a difference in Tallahassee by as a citizen going in to give your opinion or to observe the process. Uh, go in with a group is what versus just on your own trying to figure it out how it happens. Uh, I like how the League of Women actually research the issues don't just move emotionally off of a topic, that they will research, give you the background information, because it's very important when we talk about strategy is to understand the history behind an issue, uh, a law, a bill, as well as to understand where where they're really going with this. Uh, like President Cecilia, and I call her that because uh, I am a member of the league, so I'm, I'm a little bit more familiar with it. So that's why mm-hmm. I, I call her that because she's been an outstanding leader on providing leadership that is educational, okay, that we have these sessions called Lunch and Learn. Mm-hmm. We're doing the pandemic we were able to bring up topics on Fridays where we actually have lunch term that we actually talk. So no matter where you stood on an issue, and we all didn't maybe didn't stand on the same side of an issue, but you had concrete information. You had factual mm-hmm. information to base your opinion on, to base your decision on, uh, even when with candidates providing candidate forums so that you were informed on both sides of the aisle because at the end of the day, whoever is elected, they represent you, and then you must be able to go in and articulate exactly how you feel about something. It is not over on Election Day. Election Day starts starts the work because, as you heard, uh, in the Senate by Friday, the bills mm-hmm. have to be passed for this session by Thursday in the House of Representatives. So, therefore, if you haven't already gone in and told your representative what you uh, need, what you want, what mm-hmm. is good for your community, you're talking about another legislative session now. Because Mm -hmm. things have to go to committees. They have to go through committee hearings. The leaders have to decide out of all the bills that are filed what's going to see the light of day to even get to a committee um, with the sponsors. So there's a process that's in place. And then the actual committee meetings, if you're not able to get to Tallahassee to understand the power of the Florida Channel, 
being able to see. And all of the sessions aren't, you know, there's only so many channels there. But find what is your passion. What is it? Like we talked about education, housing, um, health care. The League of Women Voters have for their members, uh, they actually have oh, the, the young lady who was over it last year. She was fantastic. Her committee was outstanding, had a spreadsheet on all the different bills and what was going on. I don't know how she was able to do it, but God bless her. Uh, but the process is there. We just have to get involved at whatever mm-hmm. level where possible, but do not sit around and wait every two years for election day and decide that's your only recourse. And, you know, I think Senator Osgood mentioned something like that about learning about the process. And you and I have talked about the need for getting people to understand, okay, you registered to vote, okay, you went to the polls and vote or whatever, you know, however you did it. Then what? You know, it doesn't. It does not stop there. You know, we, you and I have discussed this repeatedly. So we've got to get people to understand. You know how. You know the letter writing campaigns and other grassroots efforts. Um, how to lobby. What's involved in lobbying. You know what the importance is of lobbying and, and other things. So yeah, we we've, we've got to be diligent about that. Um, I wish those who are attending the rally. Uh, well, and, uh, you know, especially in light of the inclement weather that I hear is up that way. Um, and uh, if you are attending the rally in, in within the sound of my voice, uh, or you know someone that is attending the rally, and uh, you want to kind of give us some insight in terms of how it went, give us a call tomorrow on G's Power Hour. The number is 516-387-1944. But in the meantime... He's back. Kevin Anderson is joining us tomorrow on G's Power Hour because there's other stuff going on, and uh, he's going to give us some insight. So we look forward to having him back. Stephanie, I thank you so much for taking the time today. Really appreciate it. And uh, appreciate your insight. You know, that's one thing I've always appreciated about you because, you know, you and I have always been able to have insightful conversations, and you bring a lot, you know, and you're very astute, and I really appreciate what you bring. So thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to be here and to learn also along with the listening audience. So thank you, and have a wonderful day. Thank you. You do the same. And thank you all for listening. If you have comments, Um, suggestions about uh, the show, uh, things that you'd like to see. If you are a business person and you want to advertise, hit me up on the G's Power Hour Facebook page. Uh, Let me know. Um, I'd be happy to get some information to you. Uh, But thank you all for taking the time out. This has been G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. Thank you to Princess Cooper for her tolerance of of what I do here. Y'all be well, be safe, be blessed, and please remember, All real power comes from God. Take care. He'll make it all right.